I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. The right of the people to keep and wear orange shall not be infringed. Welcome to the Q's Militia Podcast with those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. Give us a like on Facebook at Q's Militia Podcast and follow on Twitter at Q's Militia. All right, what's up, Q's Nation? Thanks for tuning in to the Q's Militia Podcast with Sean and Joe. If you like it, please share it, subscribe. That always helps. Joe, what's up, brother? What's going on, Sean? Uh, not a whole lot. We do have some some good news to share. Uh, I know it's been like, I guess it's been about a month since we've been back, and we said two weeks, so apologize about that. There just yeah. hasn't been a ton. There just hasn't been a ton in, of news. So No, today, work schedule, you know. Yeah, work schedule, and, <laughs> and, you know, it's summertime, so there's other things going on. But uh, today we're going to talk about... Uh, the one and done rule. We're going to talk about player compensation. Joe uh, has got a rundown of some of the new recruits for the class of 2019. Yes, sir. Six and, and 12 days. Oh, geez, I'm crow. Here we go. Uh, so he, this guy wishing away the summer, just like that. <laughs> Poof. He wants football. Me, I'm good. I can I can wait. I got I got Bayheim's army coming up. I have a really good feeling about Bayheim's army. You so got a pool. I got a, I got the pool. I got the grill. <laughs> I got the beer. I mean, what the hell, you know? And there's yeah. sunshine. So, um, but before we do all that, okay, let's real quick. Uh, when we started this podcast a year and a half ago, we said we'd do this thing. I've said this before, and I know I sound like a broken record probably to some of you who have listened uh, since the beginning. But we said we'd do it regardless if anybody listened or not because we just love talking about Syracuse basketball and football. Well, as it turns out, people actually listen. Believe it or not, people yeah. actually listen. Besides that, our parents. That was just our downloads. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Us Family listening and to ourselves. Um, but so – since since a year and a half ago, we've we've grown an audience on on social media. We're starting to get even um, you know people on Twitter and stuff without doing a whole lot of tweeting because it's really not up our alley. But uh, we do it you know more during games and stuff. But anyway, yeah. uh, we had a great basketball season, and you know we've been picked up by armchairallamericans.com. Armchair is a sports media company. They're similar to 247 Sports, SB Nation, and Barstool. Uh, CEO Andrew Stevens and his team started it in 2015. They're based out of Baton Rouge. And they're dedicated to giving the fans for each 
team the best coverage possible in their writings and in their audio. Um, they've picked the most passionate fans to cover each team. So Joe and I had been given the opportunity to represent the Orange for Armchair All-Americans, and they want to help us grow our audience. We want to help them grow theirs. So nothing will change with the show. It's, it's mine and Joe's show. It's always going to be the same. We're always just going to be working to improve it. Um, there's no one pulling right. the strings. Armchair's not going to micromanage us. We still do what we want. So uh, we want to thank Andrew and his team over there for the opportunity. And we're... we're New listeners. Yeah, trying to get new listenership. And Armchair's going to be hopefully going to be a website that... You know, we can refer you to for recruiting news that we can refer you to for, you you know, if you're like us, you like to have a lot of different options when it comes to coverage of anything. I mean, whether it be whether it be sports, politics, uh, anything, you know, you you always you can't have enough resources. No, but not only that, this is just, you know, it's one team. You know, there's. Exactly. NBA, exactly. baseball, NBA. football. Yeah, and you can join. You join. You put in your, your username, email, and password. That's it. And yep. you can create your profile. Your profile will allow you to pick the teams that you follow. And, you know, you can get your information that way, too, to, you know, customize it. So uh, yes, sir. When, when we get, like, some official reads and stuff, we'll be, we'll be sharing that. But... So if you look like if you listen on iTunes right now, it'll say, you know, published by at the bottom, it should say Armchair All-Americans. So we're under their banner now and we thank them. So uh, enough of that. Okay. Yes. Uh, Make them proud. Yeah. 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 And Joe, get your get your uh, Joe needs to get his orientation done. Uh. And once he does, once Joe gets his orientation done, we'll actually be. There. All right. All right. Enough of that. Right. Yeah. He said. (laughs) Jesus. He's only had a week. All right. It's a long uh, week. Let's let's start with let's start with the one and done rule. Now this is a particularly stupid rule. It is not mm. of the NCAA though. It is of the NBA, and there's nothing really the NCAA can do about it except for counter it and make it a more of a pain in the ass for the NBA. Right. So this is a rule that says you have to play at least a year of college ball to be eligible for the draft. No, I'm one year removed from high school. One re- right, exactly, exactly. But if you don't, you know, typically if you don't enter, uh, you mean you can do it. Um, what's his name? Baisley's doing, but I, I, you know, I don't. Pretend- no, you can do that. You can go overseas. And, I mean, there's a couple guys, Brandon Jennings and Emmanuel Moutier. They went overseas and played. Um, you take the spotlight off yourself, though, when when you do things like that, kind of. Well, at that point, at that age, I mean, March Madness and college basketball over in the United States uh, with the NBA and everything. I mean, that's the biggest platform. No one watches the G League, and no one watches, um, you know, basketball overseas. So um, <laughs> it's basically the best platform that you can go to. You know, the only thing is, is you're not making money, and if you don't think that you're going to go for four years, you probably don't really value the school time that much anyway. You know what I mean? So, right. It's tough. I mean, you're not, you're not going to, uh, you know, John Calipari's made a, a, a living out of this. Right. You know, you're not going to Kansas or, you know, some of these other places even to get, you know, a modern education and get a degree. Well, they're not going into it thinking they're going to graduate in three or four years. They're thinking that they're going to be in the NBA or one or two. And then if they choose to go and get their degree afterwards, then that's on them. But um, 
talking about kids that they're looking to maximize the years that they can make money playing basketball because father time's undefeated. So the longer you wait. Yeah. So, so, um, can't blame them. The commission who is headed by Condoleezza Rice, um, they make recommendations like encouraging athletes to complete their degrees. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Um, you know, they're, they're going to let undrafted players maybe return to school for without cost, you know, if it doesn't work out, uh, that they can still come back to school and, and get their diplomas cost free. Um, they advocate a path to the pros for athletes who don't really care about college. Uh, they didn't give any details about that. But what I was interested in was their counter to the rule itself. And the counter to the rule itself is, um, the commission says, proposing making freshmen ineligible, period, to play. Now, the thing about That's... that is, well, how would you do that? How do you know so-and-so is a one-and-done player? Are you going to blanket every freshman for a year, basically redshirt every freshman for a year? That is absolutely absurd. Well, back in the day, they used to do that. They used to have JV teams and varsity teams. And there was, I mean, if, if I remember, I mean, fresh, freshmen couldn't play on the varsity squad. Okay. So um, yeah. I mean, that's taking a step backwards, like way, way back in time. Um, yeah, yeah. And there's a reason that they don't do that anymore either. Right, right. Well, there's also a reason why the NBA made that rule too, you know? Well, they don't want it's, an influx of they, – they, they don't want a ton of these young no. players entering the league. But right. here's my but, thing about that. But though. then you have the LeBron James that comes along or the Kevin Garnett that comes along, you know? I mean – there's so many players that have, you know, stayed or went straight to the NBA and they were very successful. So there are some players where it's hard to deny. But Absolutely. if you open up that door, then you have those egos that think that they can make it and it can ruin the NBA. So it's yeah, a give and a take. Here's, here's the other thing about that. You're right. It's a give and a take. And it's also, you know, if someone thinks they can do it and they don't end up making it, then, I mean, that's on them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, imagine if LeBron had to go to college for a year. I mean... Like that. <laughs> that's automatic champions, almost like Carmelo. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, when you uh, go back and look at it, I mean, Carmelo, he's not the type of player that's going to win an NBA championship. But, I mean, he was, in all intents and purposes, uh, a straight-to-the-NBA player. He could have easily done it. Oh, but yeah, he dominated he college basketball as a freshman. So yeah. that's what LeBron would have done. So, uh, there's players that can do it, but the problem is when they ha- don't have the rule, too many players go into the draft because yeah, they just want to try to make money. Right, but Joe, only so many of them are going to get drafted. Right. So what if the NCAA was like, okay, you know, maybe maybe the players that don't get drafted can still be eligible. Maybe that's what they're talking about advocating a path for the pros. Um, there's well, that's no... why they're putting all the money in the G League now. Yeah, I know, the G League. Yeah, I know. I get it. I get it. And, and you know, there's I a lot of I almost feel like Baisley's their poster boy. <laughs> no, he absolutely because is. Because they are putting, they are putting money is. in it. And obviously, them going to, the kids going to college isn't working because now you got a bunch of guys that are just going there for one year. They're taking money. They're doing things on the side. And then they go to the NBA and they don't care about what happens to the schools. So... Right. I mean, you you would just you would like to think that the NCAA and the NBA would be able to come together and and you know <laughs> you know come together and set what, and comp- compromise and try to figure out what's best for both. You know, what it, right? What if what if kids that didn't get drafted 
in the NBA coming out of high school? What if they were still eligible to go back in to be recruited? You know, you there's a there's a strategy there for schools to save scholarships. I mean, what what's the big deal? With, I, I don't understand. Can you give me a reason that that makes that doesn't make sense? Mm, not really. I mean, so what's the big deal? So you you're not going to get the influx. You have you you are going to get it in the draft. And you know, the combine too is invite only. Is it not? I mean, you can't just show up at a combine. You have to be invited. No, yeah, it's invite only. Okay. So you, it, it does. It's not making any, the 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 reason the idea that there's going to be an influx of young players. It's going to be the same, regardless. The number's going to be the same. If they right. get drafted, they get drafted. If they don't, they don't. Why can't they be? Why can't they be eligible for a scholarship then? So that's that's my point. Um, the NCAA though, the commission, uh, we talked about locking up scholarships, uh, are are making freshmen ineligible. The other thing they were talking about is locking up a student's. Uh, scholarship for three or four years to punish coaches uh, for recruiting one and dones. But here's the thing again, uh, you know, <laughs> how is it? What do you coaches, mean lock their scholarships for three what, or four years? What they, what oh, you're talking what about even, saying, if, even when they leave, then their scholarship still stands. Right. And you can't, you know, it doesn't so become hurt available. The depth. Right. Exactly. So, you know, you but get, you can't make that you can't make that rule if you're going to force kids to go to college, because then some teams got to take them. What they're doing, <laughs> uh, right? I understand, but that's not to punish anybody but the schools and the coaches for recruiting a one and done. Well, let's say you don't know you have a one so, and done, or let's say that you, nobody recruits the one and done. Then what? The kid just doesn't go to school and he's got to sit out a year without playing basketball or he's forced to go do... Or he's got to go to the G League or, like you said, he's got to go overseas. See, right. when when you have these big organizations creating counteractive, uh, you know, they're trying to counter a problem, they're cr- going to create more problems. You got the yeah. NBA. The NBA's kind of created a little bit of a problem with the one and done. Well, now you got the NCAA trying to counter that problem by making these other rules. Now you're creating more problems. No, yeah, every time you See, fix something, usually there's something that's unforeseen that right. <laughs> becomes another problem. So exactly, generally um, when you fix things, in, in, in when when you have a system that works, when you try to tweak it and you think you're fixing it, most of the time you do more harm than good. And I'm afraid that. Uh, Condoleezza Rice and her crew on the NCAA commission, frankly, uh, they would just be opening a can of worms with all this stuff. It's kind of up to the NBA. And like you said, they kind of have to work together to, you know, maybe come up with some kind of compromise. I think what I I think, obviously, I think what I said is the best idea. Okay. Right. Uh, you know, you let them come back and get a scholarship. Let them go to the draft after high school. If they get invited to the combine, let let it happen, and and let it happen naturally. And wherever the wherever everything lands, it lands. And we just, you know, everybody take a deep freaking breath and uh, relax. <laughs> yeah. Well, the problem is, is that there's certain things that could ruin. I mean, could hurt the NCAA. I don't want to say ruin, you know, but if the well, the NBA does decide of, of hurting their own image. Let's be honest. Yeah, but if if the NBA can find the funding, or if they can put more money into raising salaries for the G League, maybe moving them to bigger cities, and uh, yeah, you got to have a, the fan base is the thing. I think with that, it's just not it's not something that's caught on yet. No, you're right, but 
if you raise that salary, uh-huh. you know, then uh-huh. I mean, NCAAs, if they if they're not careful, they could come up with a rule that's going to shoot themselves in the foot. You know, because before we've talked about, oh well, you know, make it make them if they go to college, then they have to play for two years. Well, all that's going to do for anybody that is good enough is just going to force them to go somewhere else. So now you're going to have anybody that thinks that they're either someone that can go straight from the high school or a one and done are going to go to this league and make money. And then they're going to end up going to the draft instead of going two years to college. And I think it's going to end up weakening the, basically the, the product of NCAA if they do that. So they got to be right. careful. All right. And again, we're, we're talking about implementing more rules instead right. of, instead of kind of eliminating some. You know, the right. more, the more... and the whole thing is that kills me is that both these sides really aren't showing just like the you know, the NCA cares about the students, no, right? Neither one yeah. of them have the best interest of, of the kid. Of the kids, exactly. And that's the whole point is exactly. that they're making all these rules, which is making it 100% harder for these kids to figure out what they want to do. Absolutely. You know, they're just trying to play basketball and then play pro and make some money, you know? Yeah. So they got to come together and work together to have, you know, that kind of compromise and, and so that there's kids that are more prepared for when they do go to the NBA, you know, and be able to figure out and kind of vet which kids are actually good enough to go to the NBA and, and vice know, versa. And, you know, the other thing, too, is if they would just let this let this kind of go with the flow a little bit, I think you would see a pattern maybe of, you know, a failure rate, you know, statistics are going to come out. People are going to be aware of that stuff. Maybe sometimes they're going to be more cautious instead of, you know, even if right. they do get drafted, maybe they get bumped down to the G League and they're like, well, damn, you know. Well, uh, there's got to be some kind of system to where you can, where, like you said, like a combine, right? You have it, you can, you have to get invited to go to the combine. Just right. if, like if you want to be at the draft in the green room um, and walk out on stage when your name gets called, like that's an invitation. So, they got to figure out a way to where they can say, okay, you have to have an invitation to go to the draft, which means there's got to be some type of system where these teams can can look at these players and see if they're ready for the NBA or not and come out and say, hey, and save them from themselves, basically. Well, yeah, and say, you can only go to the draft if you get an invitation. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's another or, good idea. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, there's certain things where you can go to get the ball rolling, but the bottom line is, is you can't look at the – you can't be thinking about the dollar, which both these, you know, obviously NBA and NCAA are. They don't, yeah. they don't care about the kids. So. No, they don't. They don't. They don't. And if they did, you know, all the, all the corruption that you got going on, it wouldn't be happening. I mean, let's be honest. And, you know, right. this brings me into the player compensation. Do you want to wrap up anything on the one and done? No, that's no, we're good. Okay, it's well, pretty the, good segue. Um, you know, player compensation is something that's, you know, I don't it's see. Touchy. I don't see. It's touchy. It is touchy. But there's very touche. There's, there's a. There's a. There's a. You're touchy. Uh, <laughs> uh, Joe's got a shirt on now. Thank you, by the way. Yeah, no problem, man. It was hot. <laughs> uh, um. So. Uh, there's, certain things, there's certain things. <laughs> there's certain things you can do that will allow these kids freedom to make money without harming them academically, or uh, hurting the budget, or hurting the budget of the school. 
And, um, you know, we've talked about this before. One of them is being able to sell their name and likeness, creating an, uh, you know, an eBay or Amazon site. And this doesn't cost them anything. It's not crooked. You know, they got to send out some packages, let them sign some hero cards or 8x10s or jerseys or whatever. You know, uh, uh, have, you know, bring back. Bring back NCAA basketball, EA Sports, NCAA football. Bring it back. Give these kids a cut. Who cares? How does this hurt the school? That's so right. stupid to me. It, it takes no money out of the school because they're why? Because they're using the NCAA uh, logo and name. I mean, I know. Do you, do you, how much money do you think the NCAA was making off of, off, off of that? You know what I'm saying? It's not even like they, they had March like, Madness. I don't know the number, but when you see the number, you're like, yo, it's ridiculous. They had all the copyrights. They had March Madness. They had all mm-hmm. the bowl games for the football game. So, yeah. so well, yeah, one of my buddies from Syracuse, he's got a business down in Birmingham. Uh, it's like an app. It's called Influencer, and it's basically like it's promoting kids to get out there and promote themselves. You know, get on social media and brand yourself you know and if you just allow the kids to do that and naturally make money like a business would then we wouldn't have a problem you didn't have to worry about paying you know the field hockey team yeah you know worry about the balance of who gets what money doesn't hurt the school budget and the kids can still make a little extra money i mean the idea that 45 or fifty thousand dollars um you know in some cases maybe 60 or whatever even, you know, the idea that that's enough compensation for these kids' time, effort, and the amount of money they make the schools in the coach bonuses, which I'm going to get into too, the coaches' bonuses, the idea that all that's enough compensation for these student-athletes, it is absurd. It's time to have some sort of... And then there's rules. <laughs> then there's rules that say the coaches can't give the kids money. Yeah, right. Well, the kids, the kids can't even get a job. They can't even deliver pizzas, bro. They can't do anything. So, but dude, I mean, the, the schedule of a D one athlete is ridiculous. So, athlete, period. But yeah, no, it it is too, and it's a lot of work. It's a lot of dedication, and maybe they don't have time to get jobs. They probably don't. I they mean, they spend their but, summers at school working yeah, out. You I, know, I, mean, I know, I know. But the point is, they couldn't if they wanted to. Is my point. Right. You know, so, you know, it's nothing to sit back in your dorm room, sign some jerseys or sign some cards, sell them for 20 bucks a pop on eBay. The better you do, the more you make. Even if EA Sports gives each of them 100 bucks to use their name and likeness, that's 100 bucks. They could either either take it or leave it. No, or they can, I mean, they would even be able to, to create their own little things you know what i mean hey we're gonna go we're gonna be here on this day and they can promote their themselves in the school out in the public you know what i mean you're promoting that you're you're trying to spread the love spread the fans and you go out there and you sell autographs for five dollars like who cares go out and down you know they can't do that you know how much the ncaa made from tv broadcast rights and all that other crap and um, it, it was distributed through the conferences and schools and stuff like that in, in, in a number of ways. But do you know how much it was total? $857 million. Yeah. That's almost a billion dollars. That was yeah. a year. A year. You can't give these kids a little scratch? You can't give them 10 grand? Or you can't allow them to just... Or 5 grand? 
Uh, mean, you're talking donut holes to donuts, man. I know. And then there's the other <laughs> way. There's, there's the other way, which we'll get into, which I think Syracuse.com had an editorial on it. I think it's called the Olympic the Olympic plan or something like that. How the better you do, you make the tournament. Like, you don't get paid anything to play a regular season, okay? But there right. are there's bonuses set in. There's incentives there's inc- to do good in the Right, which is, which is exactly how the coaches do it. For instance, um – uh, Brad Brownell, Clemson's coach. Yep. Uh, he got yeah. last year, this past season, he got uh, $20,000 for a number four seed in the ACC tournament, $20,000 for NCAA tournament bid, uh, $20,000 for a first round win, and he got $20,000 for a second round win. So Brad Brownell, he got eighty grand. okay? Just off bonuses. Just off bonuses, just for the postseason. Um, right. And it wouldn't it be nice if the the players could compensate or the coaches could compensate the players with their bonuses. I mean, think about it. They did the work, you know? Yeah. They get a salary. You don't think the coaches would, would, would share their wealth. And that's a basketball team. And I mean, I mean, that's kind of a wonky way to do it. 13 scholarships. Maybe the, maybe the coaches don't get the big of a bit. Maybe the coaches say, Hey, look, here's a, here's a recruiting idea. If I'm a recruiter and I'm a coach, I'm saying, Hey, look, I want to be an advocate for player compensation in the postseason. I will, I will happily hand off my bonuses equally distributed among my team. Yeah. If if we can get something going in the postseason, it hurts nobody, right? Right. It hurts nobody. I mean, they're making uh, what was it? Um, what's his name? Uh, Coach K. You know, he made like what six million last year with endorsements and all that stuff. Right. And he I doesn't mean, need. He doesn't need a little. Measly bonus. Listen to Leonard Hamilton, Florida State. This is last year. 50,000 oh 50, team wins at least 20 games, okay? You got 50, 50 grand for that. 200,000 NCAA tournament bid. 200,000. 50,000 back-to-back NCAA tournament bids. He got that. Um, 50,000 for a first-round win. 225,000 for a second-round win. And he ended up getting another 250,000. For a Sweet 16 win. Ooh. So what, what was that? Like $825,000 to Leonard Hamilton in bonuses. <clears throat> I, mean, I mean, everybody's – Come on. I know. Everybody's bonuses are different because I know those that. are personal coach bonuses. I know. You know, those know. are like in their contract. But I know. Come on, Florida State. You're but really come reaching. Come on. Come on. That's ridiculous. Well, they're giving them hell, hell of incentive to do good, that's for sure. No, no kidding. Like, uh, for instance, let's see. Syracuse University's cut will be about – 2.3 million and they they're going to disperse that out over the next 6 years or so. So, you know, there's there's plenty of money lying around. I'm I'm just that's exactly what I'm that's exactly what I'm trying to say. That's a lot of money. And we we just went over we just went over what the basketball team made uh SU just for being a basketball just between t- ticket sales and, yep. you know, be, running the dome and the food and the this and the that and the apparel and all this and that. Uh it, what was it like, sixteen or nineteen million dollars, something like that? Yeah, there's a reason we're getting a dome renovation. Yeah, no kidding, right? No, we need it. No, they they do need it. They do need it. Do you want to do another one? Let's do John Calipari. Uh, nothing. Oh God, here we go. Nothing. <laughs> no, he didn't get anything. Um, I mean, I got more. You want to do more? You get the idea. Get yeah, it. I get the idea. You get the idea. Um, so, you know, that's ridiculous. It's a lot of money. I mean, That's I a get lot it, of money. I get mm-hmm. it. I, I understand. Yeah, but, you know, you got these kids that, you know, a lot of these kids, 
And this is the way my stepdad explained it to me, and this is what made me really think about it, because I never really thought about it before. But a lot of these kids, they don't come from anything, man. They, they, yeah. don't, they grew up with nothing, a lot of these kids. And a lot of them go to college on a scholarship, and they're getting a free education and some free sneakers. Well, that, that doesn't really do a whole lot for them on the weekends when it's, it's time to hang out with their friends or spring and break. they can't get money from their parents at home. They can't get – their moms and dads can't send them money and stuff like that. I mean, there's some situations where these kids, they just don't have access to cash and things like that. And they do get – you know, you get fed – from when you're when you're on the road no, and stuff yeah, like that, yeah, and there's that. there's that's part of the budget. And there's a and lot there's of food meals. Yeah, there's a lot of perks. There's a lot of perks, but I'm there talking, are perks, I'm, absolutely. And, and and I'm not. There's it's not to say there's no perks, but there's, you know. But does it make up for no, what they have to do? It does not make up for what they have to do. These schools, I just said, almost eight eight hundred. What the heck was it? Eight hundred and fifty-seven million dollars dispersed among, among most of these schools this past year, and that is you know two point three million just for Syracuse University on top of what they made, you know this year was a record-breaking year for revenue coming into Syracuse University from the basketball program, and yeah. it's time to pay the players. I'm not talking about yeah. a salary, but absolute. I mean, allowing them to be able to sell their name make like money, let them be able to brand themselves, let them brand themselves, to... let them, you know, uh, name and likeness. Maybe the the attorney earnings percentage. I think right. that's a great idea. So I'll know, tell you right now. You look at these kids for the whole year. You look at their schedule. If anybody actually digs deep and looks at it, does their homework. And I'm not talking schedule like class schedule. Everybody at school has class schedule. These D1 athletes, especially in – you don't think Al- – football, Alabama, you don't think they have a, a schedule like that is told to them what they do, where they need to be Monday through Sunday? Yeah, and you know, here's a, here's the thing. Here's the thing. That sounds, like a, that sounds like a job to me. It is a job. And listen, there was in 2016 Nigel Hayes – when he played for Wisconsin, he nearly boycotted a game in the early season. It was the the Big Ten ACC Challenge, and it was against Syracuse. We lost that yep. game, by the way. And by the way, yeah. that was our first episode ever was after that right. game. And um, he was planning on boycotting that game, and he didn't. Uh, but I don't think – look, I don't think boycotting a game or holding on in games – look, when you sign with a school, when you sign and, and you're, you got your scholarship and everything, you agree to that. So the, this, this stuff is for down the road. Unfortunately, we probably won't see this anytime soon. But right. boycotting is not a good way to do it, and, and that only hurts the fans. And, you know, fans will turn their backs quick, and, you know, it won't, it's not going to help. Trust me. No, and it's not going to help the person either. I no, mean, that's a question gonna that's going to come yes. up with team interviews when you want to get drafted. Exactly. So, you know, there's ways to do it. Uh, I think we've, I think we covered most of it and kind of yeah. shooting from the hip a little bit. I mean, that's, it is what, like I said, it's all about, they care about how much money they're going to make. Yeah, exactly. You know, they bad. don't want to so, pay the players. They don't want to pay the players in college, and NBA doesn't want to allow them to go straight from high school. So, what are they going to do? My, they're going to find. They're going to find the loopholes. They're going to go overseas and make money. Yeah. They're going to go to the G League. They're going to go to college yeah. and take money and possibly put that school's, um, you know, their whole the way that people look at them, you know, and the recruiting and everything like that. They could get 
lose scholarships. I mean, they're hurting the teams and they don't even care because they're just there because they have to be. So it's creating problems and making more rules is just making it more difficult for the players that are the most talented. And realistically, like you said, a lot of these players that can go one and done and this, this and that, these are kids that can come that are coming from not the greatest areas to where they just they're trying to make them and their families lives better you you know some of these kids have overcome so much adversity you know yeah so well do you know how many guys are like a lebron you mean they say some of the greatest players are out there on the streets they just don't make it through the culture yeah and the bottom line is is that you know you have people like lebron i mean it's a miracle how many lives has football saved you know think about it think about Think about how how many people's paths would be in uh, such a in, in such a, a different place if they didn't have the love of basketball and football or football or anything, anything. sports and arts. I mean, you, you got to have a love and a passion for something to be able to block out everything negative. I mean, for every LeBron, there's five of them that don't make it. Uh, yeah, Four pro- of them that don't make probably it. Probably even and more than that. Probably even more than probably. That. I mean, I don't have the numbers, but you know what I'm saying. So, I mean, to 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 prohibit somebody in that situation to be able to to rise above where they came from and be able to make it is it's just it's tough. It's tough, it, and I, it's and it's both of them doing it just for their their bottom line. And and you know the other argument against player compensation is that um, you know they. The football and basketball teams of these schools, they basically carry every other sport yeah. that is that is played at that school. I mean, you That's got true. the rowing team. I mean, hello, how much money is the rowing team making? How about uh, none? Negative. <laughs> okay, so you know, even women's basketball, it brings in a it brings in a little bit of money, right? It has to a little bit. Yeah, a little I, bit. I, yeah. I don't know what the net is on that, but that would be your next best besides. Football, basketball, and lacrosse. Yeah. Because lacrosse actually does okay. Yeah. So, um, you know, you got the you got you know I, I just say the rolling there's team. so many I mean, you can so go many. to exactly. so many exactly you if know they're not and the making, whole thing is is they have the there's a rule there I don't know it's the Title Nine rule in college where you have to have the same amount of sports teams for females and males at a college yeah, so yeah. that always makes it difficult because if you want to add one for a male you got to add one for a female and. You know, I mean, like you said, football and basketball, the money, that, the revenue that they make from from that and now being in the ACC even more like they're paying for that sport to be oh, going on at the school. Yeah, absolutely. Like you're not at Syracuse getting that education for rowing if, if football and basketball aren't making that money because they're not going to have that sport. Exactly. So and, you know, I mean, how else are they going to pay for it? Well, in the real world. I don't know. I guess it just doesn't survive. But you can't do that or else you're, you know, you can't just say, oh, well, or else you're. Well, that's, and that's, again, why we come back to the branding and being able to go out and make money. Because now that takes away that argument. And, again, it it also says, hey, you know, if you're a bench player and you're like, hey, I'm not making any money. It's like, well, hey, you have the opportunity to go out there and brand yourself. You know, it's on you. Absolutely. And not only that, Joe, but. The money that we're talking about, I'm sure some of this does go to help some of these other sports. But when we talk about 16 or 19 million dollars um, in revenue from basketball uh, being a season high for Syracuse or a, or a record high for Syracuse, 
it's a lot of that's going in there. So this this stuff in the coach's bonuses, I mean, we're talking about coach's bonus. That doesn't go anywhere but the coach's pocket. Right. So, um, you know, some of this stuff that we're suggesting wouldn't even affect that. So your argument is 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 null. It's done. Yeah. You can get rid of that. <laughs> exactly. So, all right. Well, um, how about we, uh, we talk some football real quick? Yeah, and go to a better rule that NCAA came up with. <laughs> all right. Tell us about it, Joe. No, they changed um, the redshirt rule, so now a freshman can play up to four games in their freshman season still redshirt. So that kind of creates – that makes some changes, you know, that allows players, you know, if we're playing the Wagners or the – them Ken- stuff out. Yeah, and also, too, you know, you always have those, you know, I want to redshirt them, but – we're not that deep. If this guy gets hurt, I got to play him. Like, I don't know what to do. And now it's almost like if somebody gets hurt and they're out, you can almost play him. You can pull him up from the practice squad, you know, like NFL, play him for a game. And then when the guy gets back, you know, takes one week off and comes back the next week, then you just, you don't play the guy, you know, and you strategically play your freshman. And then there's a lot of times freshmen, they don't really, they don't really start to, you know, get it or understand it until, you know, week four, week six, you know, halfway through the season. Um, so it's just, it changes the game a lot. For example, last year when Dungy got hurt, we could have had DeVito play three or four games. Yeah, you know, instead of just having Mahoney go ahead and just play the rest of the season out because we couldn't play DeVito and it would have kind of been a waste at that point because he was already going to be redshirted. Um, you could have played Mahoney maybe one, two games, and then there would have been four games left. And you could have just thrown DeVito out there, got him experience, seen what he got. I mean, who knows? He he could have got us to a bowl game. You never know. So that kind of example is something that it's, it could do for, obviously, it's not going to do it for us this year because DeVito's already had his red shirt. But something like that, you see how that works, and it could happen with you know multiple positions, obviously. So um, it just it's just interesting, and I, I really can't wait to see how, uh, how it's going to change college football, you know? Yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see the whole lot of stuff that's going to be interesting, both with football, I think being underestimated in my opinion, and right. I'm not really good at like you know, I'm not really I'm always optimistic I guess, but uh, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a fun year for football, and and obviously we know what we got with basketball, and that's going to be awesome. So how about right. how about we talk about some 2019 recruits real quick? Wrap this up. Yeah, yeah. Just to wrap it up, um, over the last two weeks, uh, we've gotten uh, six six commitments, which obviously they're just verbal commitments. Signing day. I mean, we have the early signing period in December, and signing day is not until February fourth or sixth or something. So uh, there's still a lot of time, obviously. But um, we are we are behind with all the other ACC teams. There's a lot of teams in double digits. And well, tell tell everybody why you think that is, because you told me. And it made a lot of sense. I think that he kind of went for some more higher rated prospects this year. Because maybe people, reached, people are always like, oh, why doesn't he go for higher rated prospects? No, they always, you know, they always do that. But, um, you know, sometimes, I mean, everybody reaches out to these kids, obviously. But usually you can sniff it out and find out pretty good if you're nowhere in the hunt or nowhere in the run. So you kind of just move on, move on, move on. And I really think that um, 
it's not obviously it doesn't look good now, but I think that the reason why we only have six recruits is because there's actually more of the four star and higher rated guys actually had interest in us for a longer period of time. So we're not just going after, you know, these other guys, you know, we're kind of still working at the big fish that still hasn't ruled us out yet. So, um, I mean, obviously we have till February, it's a long year and a lot of players wait till to see what happens. And there's a lot of other players that, you know, obviously make their name. I mean, these kids for 2019 still got to play a senior year of high school football for, for Christ's sake, you know? So <laughs> yeah, we got a long time. Um, well, but, uh, let's start, let's start with, uh, let's see, six foot, 170 pound safety Cornelius Nunn. Cornelius Nunn is by far <laughs> probably the best one that we've gotten so far. Um, he had a huge, huge, uh, like recruiting sheet. His offer sheet, um, includes Alabama, Georgia, Nebraska, Auburn, Miami. He's from Miami. Um, he's a Florida boy. And, um, again, like I said, it's a long time. It's a long time till, till signing day, but if he's already got offers from these big schools yeah, and he's right. still, still picked us, you know, sometimes kids will pick, I think pick sm- smaller teams to, to make other teams kind of move, maybe bigger, bigger teams move on them, but he's already been recruited by the bigger team. So yeah. I don't know. Well, you know, I think Babers is doing a good job because, you know, real real quick, I don't, I'm not trying to interrupt this thing, but... No, you're good. Go ahead. I, I think Babers has just got the charisma and the personality. I think he's a likable guy. I mean... He definitely is. You know what I'm saying? I mean, who wouldn't want to play for the guy? I mean, he treats these kids with an enormous amount of respect, and he's just a class act. So... He's had a viral speech every year that he's I, coached, I, I and know. he's been on ESPN multiple times a lot more than scott schaefer and doug marone were yeah and scott schaefer was a good coach and both of them doug marone doug marone's in the nfl doing really good with the jacksonville jaguars right now so yeah um all right five foot ten inch 160 pound cornerback adrian cole Uh, another miami boy uh this kid from uh some of the you know homework that i've done uh looking on the internet is one of those kids where um he doesn't really have a lot of experience, so he's still unrated through um, recruiting services and stuff like that. But um, I'm pretty sure he camped with Syracuse, and he's just one of those kids that being in the Miami area, sometimes there's so much talent that you are kind of behind the, the eight ball, and you don't really get to be seen until your senior year. Um, and I think Syracuse has liked what they saw and think he's the guy that's going to end up kind of shining and having a a great senior season and eventually see his um, recruitment blow up. So they kind of want to strike first while um, the name's still kind of cold. Yeah. Um, six foot three inch, 210 pound linebacker, Joffrey Canton Arku. Arku. This is another guy that's Canadian guy. And uh, Babers, he talked eh? about trying to. Eh? Eh, he's Canadian, eh? He's from Quebec City, eh? He likes the little bats, eh? Yeah. I don't know if he's old enough for little bats. I'm sorry. Yeah, no. Syracuse, they got uh, two other guys from from Canada that they've recruited over the past two years. And uh, 
it's one of those untapped areas where you really don't know. A lot of times they don't get recruited that highly. Uh, just, I mean, for for instance, Jacoby Brissett, or sorry, not Jacoby Brissett, O'Shea Brissett for Syracuse is from <laughs> Canada, right. and he wasn't that highly ranked in. Um, now look at him. Yeah, and look at him. Yeah, he wasn't even ranked in the top fifty, and it was because of where he played because he played in Canada. So we got a couple guys um, past couple years, and this is just another one. I'm six foot three, two ten. So obviously he's got room and a frame to to get bigger. Um, and the the one thing that I know that um, the coaches like about the Canadian kids too is that the way their school system goes is usually by the time when they come in as freshmen, they're already nineteen years old. So you're talking about possibly having a kid that's twenty three, twenty four years old if they redshirt. Um, then you really can't put a, uh, a long-term price tag on that. So um, this one of those things where we're kind of just going to have to wait and see because um, obviously he's kind of unrated and not really known too much. But he, he went to the camp, Syracuse camp, uh, last weekend, and they liked what they saw. So they, they uh, threw a scholarship out there, and he pulled the trigger. Uh, how about this guy? I like this guy. Six foot four inch, 210 pound. They got him listed as a tight end, Luke Benson. Also, um, a D end, a, a defensive end, yeah, right. And he did a good job too. 50. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> fifty-two tackles. Yeah, fifteen Fif- for loss. Fifteen for loss. Six sacks. Yeah. yeah, two college yep. fumbles. I think that's pretty yep. awesome. And that's all per Syracuse.com. But yeah, he, um, I'll take their word for it. And he, uh, <laughs> you never know. He's obviously athletic and. Um, Again, it's one of those guys, 6'4", 210, just like the the guy before, yeah, uh, 6'3", exactly. 210. He's yeah. got room to grow, so it just all depends on. I like on, that uh, I like that frame on a tight end. Yeah. Well, you know what? I, what I also like is obviously it gives him the um, – I mean, he can play defensive end or tight end, right? Yeah. So he kind of gives him the versatility to come yeah. in and wherever he fits. Yeah, then, and obviously he knows how to play defensive end. So <laughs> uh, He definitely does. It's pretty good. Um, all right, six foot, four pound, two hundred and sixty-five defensive tackle Joe Rondi. Yep, this guy is another one that uh, Syracuse jumped on early. Uh, from what I've read and from Syracuse.com as well that I've seen it in other other uh, multiple sources that uh, defensive tackle is really not deep this year in the high school uh, pool. So getting a guy like this early. That's early on, especially when you think that he's his recruitment's going to blow up during his senior year, um, we are not really going to know the effects because right now on paper, obviously, it doesn't look great. But um, there's a lot of talk with you know I, again with the article on Syracuse.com and others that this kid is um, he's kind of ready to uh, to rise above, and he's, they're saying he's going to have a great year. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's one of those guys that I'm worried about. Uh, his recruitment blowing up and 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 decommitting, uh, decommitting, yeah, yeah. So yeah, there's always a chance of that. Still, we're we're going through these. Um, well, I'm worried because but, of the depth of the D tackles. Yeah, you know, right, so right, the right. less the depth, then yeah. the more you know. And if yeah. he rises, then well, he will rise. Bigger, though, he's going to, and the Power Five yeah. conferences, other Power Five conferences teams are going to come. Right. All right, we'll wrap it up with six foot four inch, two hundred eighty three pound offensive lineman Anthony Red. It's a giant man right there. Oh, that is. And uh, if you read the article of Syracuse.com, they talked about um, why they offered him and why they're so excited about him because um, he actually shocked <laughs> shocked the coaches um, when they saw him. I don't know exactly what 
uh, year it was, but uh, according to you know uh, the Syracuse.com um, article with Stephen Bailey, the first time the Syracuse uh, coaches saw the kid, he was six five, playing between two twenty five two thirty, and when he showed up to Syracuse camp, he was two seventy. And eventually got to 290, and so I mean, right now he's around six foot five, 290, and I mean, you're talking about gaining 60 pounds in you know one two years, and he's talking about trying to get up to 300, 305, um, but a fit 300 to 305. So yeah, muscles, yeah, right. So this again just seems like a guy that they saw and they felt they had to pull the trigger, no matter what his star rating is, and this is normal. Um, you have the, the guys, the kids that can go to these uh, Under Armour camps and these Nike camps and these Scout.com camps, 24-7 rivals, you name it. You got kids that have the means to go to these places, and then you have kids that, that don't. So what you do have is you have schools like this that have camps and hold camps during the summer that are a lot less um, inexpensive. And a lot of times the high school coaches will bring a group or multiple players from their team to these camps so that they can be seen by these other coaches. And I mean, it doesn't matter what star rating it is next to their name. These, these coaches are seeing these kids with their eyes and if they like what they see and they offer the kid a scholarship, I'm not going to go by what two, four, seven sports or somebody else does. You got to trust what, what they're doing. And I a hundred percent trust uh, Dino Babers right now. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love, I love and a lot of Dino times, Babers right now. I think he's... And a lot of times, these guys that they end up getting this early that are unrated end up turning into a three-star anyway, you know? So, at the end of the day, it's it's not... You always get these kids early, especially right after um, our team holds these camps, and then you get these fans that want to be negative and say, oh, no stars, this, this, and that. Yeah, I don't pay so, attention to that, man. Like you said, I trust... The recruiting team, I, tr- I trust Dino Babers, and it, the same goes for basketball. So, you know, we'll see. It's going to be interesting, I think. No, I mean, if they're not highly rated, but they go to camp and in person, they're dominating, and these coaches like what they see, and they offer them a scholarship, right. I mean. Right, I mean, what are you going to do? Are you going to trust a website that maybe just no. hasn't seen this kid, or are you yeah. going to trust your eyes right right before you? Right, so. exactly. Um, so, all right, well, that. That's that's pretty much it for the the recruits. We're gonna do. A, I got one more. Oh, you do? Okay, go I ahead. I do. What do you got? Well, this is a little quick one. Is okay. also well, it's a recruit because it's a big one because uh, Dwayne Johnson, not the oh, Rock. That's right. That's right. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He was the number eight cornerback in the junior college rankings, right. and um, out from junior college out in I think Western Arizona, something like that. Uh, he when he first came out of high school, he committed to Virginia Tech actually, and then he ended up not enrolling or not ended up he didn't end up playing there with a junior college and um he decided to transfer or to commit to us as well but the difference is he's not part of the 2019 class because he's coming from junior college he's part of this year's class so he's going to be able to immediately play immediately push for playing time and um it was a big get for us a big big get because i think i think the guy's gonna end up helping a lot that's awesome yeah. Yeah. So, all right, how many days, Joe? I don't know, but August 31st. Okay, August 31st. August 31st, 6 p.m. at Western Michigan. There you and go. I'm going to be Joe, at a Joe damn be at wedding. A wedding. <laughs> 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 all right, 
So we'll come back. We'll do a football preview. and A we'll, wedding with earbuds in. Yeah, they, that's how I would do it, too. I don't blame you. <laughs> it's just not the same when you DVR, because then you got to avoid everybody. Dude, you yeah, know? I wouldn't be watching it until September 4th. So <laughs> um, I'm already going to know. So, uh, all right, once again, hey, we're going to get um, – we're going to get – back here probably you know i mean we're gonna do a football preview but we're gonna get back here before then and uh, try we're gonna try. try you know we're trying to do two episodes a month it's really what i would like to do so um we'll see we'll we'll do it as as news breaks and of course uh, i'd like to thank once again armchair all americans for giving us a shot putting us under their banner hopefully yes uh, sir hopefully we can um make them proud and and, and grow this thing and you know, uh, just uh, see what happens. So it's a good thing to happen in the off season. Get it squared away. And once again, oh, Brandon Buskey has a little preview on Joe Girard uh, that I just. Oh yeah, published. he had his official visit the other day or yeah, this weekend, right? That's right. That's right. So unfortunately, we forgot to mention that earlier. But hey, it's on all the social sites: Twitter, Facebook. Never too late. And uh, that's about it. But anyway. All right, we'll get back here as soon as news breaks. We'll be yes, here. Sir. Remember, please subscribe. That helps us out more than ever now, and it helps us get recognized. If you can give us a five-star, we'd appreciate that too. And a review, it would be the icing on the cake. Really appreciate it. So that's it. For Joe, I'm Sean. We're out. Peace. This has been the Q's Militia Podcast with Sean and Joe. Be heard. Contact us on Facebook at Q's Militia Podcast and tweet at us using hashtag Q's Militia. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. JJ has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard, BMW, the ultimate driving machine. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? 
Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.